0: Thanks again for the opportunity. Um, honestly, I'm just so thankful that you have a pulpit that I can see over, which is typically um, one of the more common complaints is get the guy a stool to stand on. Um, so I appreciate this. I don't know if this is the normal one or if you were thinking ahead, but thank you. Oh, perfect. There's no height discrimination at uh, Pleasant Hill. I, I love that. So um, interestingly enough, I've had the same experience one of the things about being a coach is it is kind of humbling in the sense that you can teach someone something for four years and for whatever reason it doesn't stick and I've had coaches come in and again you had that different voice and they come in and they'll say the exact same thing that I said they'll say it a different way and then all of a sudden it sticks and I remember one of my athletes coming up and saying coach Coach Fader showed me this thing. I'm going to be using this. And one of my other athletes looked and was like, Mark, you idiot. Coach has been showing you that for four years. And he's like, really? And in the end, you realize you got to take your ego out of it because in the end, it's really important that they just learn. And it doesn't make a difference if it comes from me or for someone else. And so I appreciate your opening words. Now, I am going to um, the theme of this, uh, and it's one of the things that, I, I, that I've been doing at wrestling camps, but I thought, you know what, this would be, Probably good for uh, a church as well because a church really is just another form of a team. Yeah. And uh, with that being said, I, I wanted to just start us off just to see the responsibilities that we have. And we, uh, we started with this in Galatians uh, 6, 1 and 2, and I just wanted to reinforce that. So let me read Galatians 6, 1 and 2 again. Brothers, suppose someone is caught doing something wrong. You who have the Spirit should set him right, but in a spirit of humility keeping an eye on yourselves so that you won't be tempted to. Bear one another's burdens. In this way, you will be fulfilling the Torah's true meaning, which the Messiah upholds. I'm going to stop right there because that right there is the essence of what I'm about to read. Uh, there was a, a football coach years ago that wrote, wrote this thing called Hold the Rope, and I made, a, I made some changes on it to make it a wrestling thing but it's called hold the rope. Every year, a wrestling team wins the world championship. And again, you can throw in church if you want to, whatever organization could be the business you're with, it could be your family, a family is just another form of a team. Every year, a college wrestling team wins an NCAA title. Every year, the best high school team wins a state crown. All these teams have one thing in common. No matter how tough it became throughout their season, they did one thing. They held the rope. What is holding the rope? Imagine that you are hanging from the edge of a cliff with a drop of 20,000 feet. The only thing between you and a fall to your death is a rope with a person of your choice on the other end. Who do you know that has the guts to pull you to safety? Who do you know that is going to hold the rope? Who do you know that is going to let the rope burn their hand and not let go? How many people that you know are going to withstand the burning pain and watch the blood drip from their hands for you? If you can name two people, that's not good enough because those two people might not be around. The next time your team is together, and for us in church, that's every Sunday, Look around and ask yourself, who could I trust to hold the rope? Who's gonna let their hands bleed for me? When you can look at every member on your team and say to yourself that they all would hold the rope, you are destined to win a lot. You see, the team that holds the rope when the going gets tough are winners. When you are down by four points with only 30 seconds to go, don't give up. Yell at your teammates to hold the rope. Let it burn. Don't let go. Every year there are winners and losers in all sports, and every year the winners hold the rope. You don't have to be the best to win. If you play with poise and do what your coaches ask of you, and most all hold the rope, you will be successful. No matter what sport you play, no matter what organization, no matter where you go to church, you have to make a commitment to your team. If you are supposed to run three times per week, do it. If you have to lift three times per week, don't miss. Once you start letting up at practice or start missing your workouts, you've killed the team because you didn't hold the rope. Don't let your team down. You've got to hold the rope. What I find so interesting about this is it started with, look around. Who can you trust to hold the rope? Now I read this to my team every year at the beginning of the year. And the reason that I do that is I want them to number one, hold the rope i want them to be people that their teammates can rely on because contrary to popular belief wrestling is often looked at an in individual sport but you go nowhere as an individual in the sport of wrestling you need workout partners you need people that are going to challenge you you need people that you can beat up and you need people that can beat you up that's part of the process you need a team as a wrestler and so I read this to them to let them understand the value of the team. Now listen, we don't all need to look like wrestlers or Greek gods. This isn't just about physically holding the rope. This is about our character. And we use that word a lot. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen talks about it. As iron sharpens iron, so a person sharpens the character of his friend. The world uses that verse. Because we know that if you've got two people and they both do this, that they're going to sharpen each other, and they're going to get better through the process, and that's awesome. But it talks about the character of an individual, and even in the church, for whatever reason, we don't define it. And so I've made it a point, and my definition of character is who you are physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. And when I speak to secular groups, I'll substitute in morality for spirituality because they don't want to hear about God or Christ but we can still give them the same message and sneak Jesus in. And I'm really good at that. Little people are sneaky, and I will sneak that message in, even talking to a secular group. So there may bear one another's burdens is what we, we found in Galatians 6 there in that second verse. There may be a time that you need to bear somebody's burden physically. But they need to, be, they may need to bear your burden Intellectually. They, need, they may need to hold the rope for you emotionally. I've seen wrestlers, again, looking like Greek gods in a singlet, and they step out on that mat and they crumble, crumble emotionally. Or they need help in the classroom because they just don't get that math question. And so we have to hold the rope. And I'm not sure where you're strong and where other people in this church are weak. I don't know that dynamic, and sometimes I've found that it switches. One day I'm really strong in this one area, then all of a sudden, a month later, I'm struggling at the same thing I just walked along somebody else with. So I held the rope for them in that one period of time, and then a month later, a year later, they're holding the rope for me in that very same thing. And again, I don't know what sin is going to necessarily attack you, but I just know this. We need to hold the rope for each other. Some people are going to struggle. And at various times in their life, they're going to need you to step in and hold the rope, and you've got to give that effort. You've got to give that almost what I'm going to say is a Christ like effort to hold that rope because He's our example. Now we can't be Christ, but we can be Christ like. In fact, Paul talks about the amount of effort that we need to make in Philippians three, and I'm going to read that passage. It's Philippians 3, 12 through 17. It says, It is not that I have already obtained it or already reached the goal. No, I keep pursuing it in the hope of taking hold of that for which the Messiah Yeshua, that's Jesus Christ, took hold of me. Brothers, I, for my part, do not think of myself as having yet gotten hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. That word straining a lot of times is dangerous. Athletes don't want to hear about strain." Because a lot of times strain is associated with, I strain a muscle, I strain a joint, I strain a ligament, I'm in trouble, I'm not going to be able to compete. But Paul here, when he talks about straining, is talking about exerting yourself to the utmost. Paul says, exert strain towards it. Strain towards being like Christ. That's exerting yourself to the utmost. And think about it. Who has held the rope? Who has held... Who has let his hands bleed for us? In a way, see, listen, we can hold the rope for people physically. We can hold the rope for people emotionally. We can hold the rope for people intellectually. Now, we can encourage people spiritually, but we cannot hold that spiritual rope for people. See, listen, I'm not the guy who designed the rope. That was God. And I'm not the person holding the rope. That's Christ. That's Christ. I'm just a guy telling you that there is a rope of salvation and it is being held by the only person that could ever hold it, the spotless lamb, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Christ is holding the rope. I'm just telling you about the rope. I'm telling you about the rope holder. I'm encouraging you that we need to be Christ-like. And even though we can't hold the rope spiritually, there's a way that we can hold the rope for people. So the question is, am I one of those people that can hold the rope? I've got guys on my wrestling team. Some of my athletes, my assistant coaches, lived in our basement, come up and ate food out of my pantry, whether they asked or not, wander up there and dig dig their hand right into that trail mix because that's their favorite thing. They've played games with my kids, Super Smash, Mario Kart. They love my wife and they love my kids. I know that if I'm not around... They'll hold the rope. That's a special thing. In fact, if my guys at Wheaton College, when I look at them, one of the, two of the tests that I give, one obviously is hold the rope. The other is, and I think the two are related, are they worthy of marrying one of my daughters? That doesn't mean I'm going to try to set them up with my daughters, But are they worthy of it? And if I can say yes to that, and I've got six of them, if I can say yes to that, I've done my job with them. I've done my job. Because listen, you know I'm going to hold the rope for my wife and kids. They're my wife and my children. I love them. I'll give my lives for them. But what if I'm not around? Well, I know Frank and Steve will do that for me. I know the wrestlers on my team will do that for me. They'll hold the rope. But it started with us looking around for other people. And it finished with, and this is I think even more important, it finished with, can you hold the rope? See, I can't control what other people do. I can teach my guys, I can point them in the right direction. That's really what leadership is about. It's not so much pushing and pulling, there's a little bit of that when you're dealing with younger people, but most of real good leadership, is just walking alongside of people and pointing them in the right direction, and they have to make their own decisions. But what I'm trying to get across right now is, are we going to strain? Jim Grunewald, talking to myself right now, are you going to hold the rope? Are you going to let your hands burn? Are you going to let your hands bleed for the community that God has given you? And there's a lot of different places where I need to hold the rope i got to hold it at home. i got to hold it at work. I'm holding it this morning. Pastor Scott reached out to me. We talked years ago. In a church very similar. In fact, I was reminiscing about Marquette Missionary Church up in Michigan. I filled the pulpit once a week because they were going through a, once a month, sometimes twice because they they were going through a pastor transition. I needed to hold the rope there and it was just me once a a month, sometimes twice a month, if you had those five-week months, would you hold the rope for that congregation? And sometimes it's a different hat or different shoes that I wear holding that rope. Again, I don't know what it is for you. But for me, I know when I'm in a situation that this is a hold-the-rope day. I got somebody struggling. This is a hold-the-rope day. And so my challenge to you is, yeah, we can look at other people in our organization and say, are they going to hold the rope for me? But I think it starts with us. Because I read in that Galatians passage, it said, bear you one another's burdens. So I'm not sure where this guy got that hold the rope thing. There's, There's truth out there. Some guys somewhere thought they were rather clever writing this hold the rope thing, but you know where it started first? God's word. Because in Galatians 6.2, it said, hold the rope. Now, I've given you how to hold the rope, the effort that we needed to strain, exert yourself to the utmost, the attitude as we held the rope. Well, it goes right back to our, our example, who is Christ. In that Galatians passage, it talked about correcting others with a spirit of humility unless we fall in the same way. There's other verses that talk about, in fact, uh, Romans 12 talks about the same thing. So I'm going to just jump over to Romans 12 because in Romans 12:3 it says essentially the same thing. And I like the fact that the consistent you see, you see in Paul's writing. In Romans 12:3 it says, For I am telling every single one of you through the grace that has been given to me not to have exaggerated ideas about your own importance. Instead, develop a sober estimate of yourself based on the standard which God has given to each of you, namely, trust. For there are many parts that compose one body, but the parts don't all have the same function. So I read this because, again, it talks about how we do something. There's that strain part, exerting yourself to the utmost, but it's also with a spirit of humility. Listen, just because I'm holding the rope for somebody doesn't make me any more important than they are. Because, again, they may have to come back and hold the rope for me a week, a day, a month, a year later. I've seen people give marital advice and then 10 years later be struggling in their marriage. I remember one of my first assistant coaches, his brother came to me and said, Hey, listen, my brother is not a real solid Christian. And I could tell that the second he started working with our teams. It wasn't necessarily his language, but it was the jokes that he told. Fast forward, this is my 14th year at Wheaton. That assistant coach is gone. He still reaches out, hey, coach, can I get another one of your Jesus Christ's life yards? He sold out for Christ. His experience at Wheaton College was an unbelievable one. His brother has since struggled. And I just kind of shake my head, but it just reinforces this idea of we don't know when we're gonna struggle. So we've gotta hold the rope. And so I found this one thing, and this has kept me humble. I am not essential to God's plan. I am not essential to God's plan. God can replace Jim Grunwald in a moment, he can find a better husband for my wife, he can find a better father for my children. He could find a better coach at Wheaton College. I'm not essential to his plan. Now, I don't want to be a downer. I just want us to understand that we've got to come at this holding the rope with both strain and humility. But here's the encouraging part. Even though I'm not essential to God's plan, that doesn't mean that I can't be important to God's plan. I can be important. And it doesn't make a difference how God calls me to be important. Some people get to be important by being a president of college. Other people get to be important by being the janitor, by somebody that works in the physical plant. There's an importance, and in fact, Scripture, we could go on, it's a whole other message, but we can talk about how some parts of the body don't want to be a part of the body, and they think they can go their own way, and that's just not true. Because as pretty as eyes are, they need feet to give them the power to get someplace. Sometimes God's going to call us to be the pretty parts of the body, and sometimes he's going to call us, but we still got to hold the rope. we still got to realize that we can be important to God's plan, but we have to maintain the humility to know that we're not essential to God's plan. So my challenge to you, my challenge to you is hold the rope. My challenge to you is be willing to be Christ-like and let your hands bleed. It always comes back to Christ. In fact, my son sometimes gets frustrated because we will be having a conversation, and I always say, like, Dad, why do you always bring it back to Christ? Because like, that's, that's what's most important. If you want to know Christianity in under a minute, it's so simple. If you're in an elevator and you want to give somebody Christianity in like 30 to 60 seconds, it's so simple. We are created to glorify God. We are created to glorify God. We are commanded to love God and love our neighbor. And it starts with loving God. So again, let me say that. Listen, under 30 seconds. We are created to glorify God. We are commanded to love God and love our neighbor and the best way to do that is to tell people about Jesus. That doesn't mean you go to work and you do it there and then get fired and say that you're being persecuted because you weren't. Somebody hired you to do a job, do your job. You share Christ by taking that co-worker and inviting him into your home. Break bread with him. That's what Christ did. He sat and ate with people and told him them about him. So that's Christianity in another 30 seconds. You were, command, you, you were, created, to love, you were created to glorify God. You are commanded to love God and love your neighbor. And the best way to do that is to share the gospel. That's how we can hold the rope. So again, I don't know what the challenges of this next week or the next year are going to bring to you, but I know that God called me here today for a very specific reason, to encourage you and me to hold the rope. George heard this earlier. This He was at a wrestling camp with me, and so he heard, so I'm sorry, maybe this is a good nap for you, but I don't, I don't I, 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 listen, if you can't fall asleep in church, I don't know where you can fall asleep because it should be nice and peaceful in a place like this. Unless, unless God's, God's tapping you on the shoulder and saying that you've got to hold the rope. So let us let me finish with a word of prayer because I know what you start speaking after 20 minutes and people will start falling asleep. So let me finish with a word of prayer and just ask God to help us uh, hold the rope and then we're going to take communion and what an example that we have in Christ of holding the rope, letting his hands bleed. Father in heaven, you are awesome. Lord, let me start off by just saying about how awesome you are. Lord, I don't think we get it. We never will until we're in heaven really actually seeing your glory, your majesty. Lord, but we're going to take a moment right now and say you're awesome. and We thank you for how you put a roof over our head, clothes on our back, food in our belly. You provide for our needs. Lord, you've given us a community. You've given us a community here, both in our neighborhood and at this church. And Lord, help us have the humility to realize that we can't do it on our own that one of the first things that you did at the beginning of creation is to create community. And that we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. We're supposed to keep an eye on one another. Not in a superior, judgmental way, but in a loving, Christ-like way. So, Father in heaven, you are awesome. And we thank you for Christ. We thank you for creating that rope of salvation. We thank you that Christ is is on the one end, pulling us to spiritual safety, yanking us into heaven. God, you are awesome. Remind us of that. Help us have eyes to see where we need to hold the rope for others. And Lord, we just ask you to give us the strength to do it and do it well, to be Christ-like. And I pray this in the name of Christ and all God's people said, Thank you.